Hello everyone and welcome back to your continuing coverage of the Valet 32 tournament. This is Shining Wizards Tony representing the Shining Wizards and I'm here with all of your results, a few stats for the round of 32 and the upcoming matchups in the round of 16 in the Valet 32 tournament. Want to thank each and every one of you for voting out there. We damn near had 2,000 votes in round one. So give yourself a round of applause. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't have the sound effects for that. So I'm not going to be playing them and I'm not going to be celebrating. But we are going to get into some notes right now. I am going to take you region by region. And I am also going to take you through some of the stats that we have for the first round. The round of 32 in the tournament. Got lots of paperwork here, but we are ready to roll. We're going to start us off in the Fallen Angel region. We're just going to go right through. Number one seated woman took on number seated baby doll. This one, unfortunately, wasn't even close. Woman wound up with 71% of the vote on the day. Baby doll finished with 29%. Of course, this is across Facebook and Twitter. We combine the results, come up with a percentage, and we bring them to you. And, of course, the winner moves on. Uh, opening matchup, Woman defeats Baby Doll. She moves on to the round of 16. Number 5, Alita, our first surprise of the tournament, defeats number 4 seeded China. This one's actually quite close. 52% of the vote. Very, very small margin of victory for Lita. She upsets the ninth wonder of the world. Another upset in the Fallen Angel region. Number six, Dawn Marie, finishing with an astonishing 59%, defeats number three seeded Kimberly at 41%. And the final matchup of the Fallen Angel region, Missy Hyatt, number two, defeats Daphne, seeded number seven, with 70% of the vote. So as we move on in the Fallen Angel region, I'll give you the results real quick. Woman will be taking on, a number seat, number one seated woman will be taking on number five, Lita. And number six, Dawn Marie, will take on the number two seated, Missy Hyatt. Now let's move across to the original Diva region. Number one seated, Sunny, had an easy time with number eight seated, Lady Blossom. She moves ahead in the tournament with 78% with of the vote. Number four seated Deborah also uh, moves on. Uh, she defeated number five seated Charmel. She received 70% to Charmel's 30%. Number three seated Maria Canellis defeated number six seated Precious. She moves on with 56% of the vote to Precious's 44. And in the final matchup in the original Diva region, first round, Beulah McGillicuddy, our number two seed, 58% of the vote, uh, moves on over Stacey Keebler, who has 42%. So your, 16, your round of 16 matchups feature in the original Diva region, number one seeded Sunny taking on number four seeded Deborah, and number two, uh, Beulah McGillicuddy taking on number three, Maria Canellis. Now let's move on to the first lady region. Our number one seeded Elizabeth finishes with 81% of the vote. She soundly, de soundly defeats number eight seeded Stephanie McMahon, who only managed to get 19%. Number five seeded Sable upset number four seed Ivory. 56% of the vote to Ivory's 44. Sable moves on to the round of 16. Number three seeded Vicky Guerrero takes 72% of the vote to Tori Wilson. Seeded number six is 28%, and Vicky Guerrero moves on to the next round. And finally, Francine, the head cheerleader, number two seed, soundly defeats number seven Sapphire with 92% of the vote across social media. Francine moves on in the First Lady region. So our round of 16 in the First Lady region looks like this. Number one seeded Elizabeth takes on the number five seeded Sable. And number three, Vicky Guerrero, takes on number two, Francine.
And our final region, the sensational region, first round matchups, number one seeded Sherry Martel with 87% of the vote defeats number eight Maurice, who only managed to get 13%. Uh, another upset, number five, Trish Stratus, uh, with 70% of the votes, defeated number four seed of Molina. Molina only able to get 30%. Uh, Terry Runnels finishes with 53%, the number three seed, narrowly defeating the number six seed of Luda Vachon, who only managed to get 47%. I'm sorry, I say only 47%. It was a lot closer than that. That didn't deserve that. But uh, Terry Runnels moves on over Luna. And the final matchup, of the first round, Medusa, the number two seed in the sensational region, soundly defeats number seven Karen Jarrett with 83% of the vote. So the final, uh, the final uh, region in the first round match, the sensational region, number one Sherry Martell moves on to take on number five Trish Stratus, and number two Medusa takes on number three seeded Terry Runnels. And now it's time for some notes from round one and some statistical numbers for those of you who are interested in this sort of thing. Uh, the biggest margin of victory was held by Francine, the number two seed in the First Lady region. She held a whopping 92% over the number seven seeded Sapphire, who only received 8%. Uh, the, only one, the only split that we wound up having uh, in the first round was uh, number four, Lita, against number five, China. Uh, China actually won the voting 54% to 46% on Facebook, but wound up losing the, uh, the Twitter percentages uh, 58% to 42%. 2%, and of course, the overall calculation puts Lita ahead 52 to 48%. So that was the only matchup we had a split. Uh, but we did have a matchup where we actually had a draw. Um, Sable, the number five seed in the First Lady region, uh, defeated number four Ivory. The two of them actually split on Twitter, both receiving 50% of the vote. Uh, but Sable wound up pulling ahead on the Facebook side with 64%, leading to her victory, her margin of victory at 56%. In terms of narrow victories on social media, we talked about the 50-50 split just a second ago with Sable and Ivory. But on the Facebook side, number three, Maria Canellis, uh, defeated number six, Precious, by only one vote on Facebook. We all know Maria Canellis moved on, but that was the closest of margins. Precious almost pulling out a victory on that side of things. And also on the Twitter side, aside from the 50-50, we also had one vote deciding between number three, Terry Runnels, and number six, Luna, in the sensational region. She also won that side of things by one vote. So those were your closest, narrowest margins of victory and or ties. And uh, just some interesting statistics coming out of the first round of the tournament. Um, only Elizabeth in the First Lady region was consistent across Facebook and Twitter. She managed to pull a consistent 81% along both, um, along both forms excuse me, of social media. Uh, in terms of upsets, we already went through the results. We had three number fives defeat number four seats, uh, seeds in the tournament. That was Lita in the Fallen Angel division, Sable in the First Lady division, and Trish Stratus in the Sensational division. And we had one three-seed fallout of competition uh, where the number six seed Dawn Marie defeated number three Kimberly in the, in the um, Fallen Angel region. So there you are, some, some quick statistics before we move on into the round of 16. And uh, hope you're enjoying it so far. You know, I'm, I'm a bit of a math guy myself, so I do like looking at the statistics. I find this stuff kind of interesting, and I kind of hope you do too. Otherwise, I feel like I wasted four minutes of your time. But enough wasting time and enough going into statistics. Let's move on to the round of 16 matchups. 
We're back to the Fallen Angel region where number one seeded woman takes on number five Lita. We're all familiar with both of these women in the tournament. Matter of fact, we're familiar with all these women. But just to recap, woman got her start very early on in Florida Championship Wrestling uh, as part of the Satanist group with, of course, Kevin Sullivan. Moved on to World Championship Wrestling where she became a fan of Rick Steiner by the name of Robin Green. And, of course, really began to make a name for herself when she became the manager of Doom. Uh, and then wound up with the Four Horsemen before leaving for Extreme Championship Wrestling, where she's probably probably best known for being the second to the Sandman in his feud against Tommy Dreamer. Uh, she spent plenty of time there. Um, she also spent time uh, managing Shane Douglas while she was there. Um, was also involved, of course, with Two Gold Scorpio, Two Cold Scorpio when he was teaming with the Sandman, of course, woman made quite an impression uh, while in, East, in Extreme Championship Wrestling. Then she moved back to WCW. She found herself once again um, with the Four Horsemen and then moved on to manage Chris Benoit, specifically in his feud against Kevin Sullivan. Nancy Sullivan, Nancy Benoit, woman, however you know her as, she was quite the presence in the world of professional wrestling. And she takes on the number five seed in Lita. Most people know her more as a wrestler uh, breaking out in the women's division and her legendary feud with Trish Stratus. Many credit her and Trish as uh, being the revival of the women's division, not only in WWE, but in women's wrestling in general. But before she got her start there, she was the manager slash partner of S.A. Rios, spent some time in ECW as well as Miss Congeniality involved with Danny Doring. And when she was in WWE, her management of the Hardy Boys was probably uh, her big breakout moment. Now, of course, she did wrestle with the Hardys quite a bit and got involved in a lot of their matches. But just like with S.A. Rios, she was more of a representative than she was a wrestler. And of course, much later on, not only was she wrestling, she was the manager of the world champion and had a relationship with the one and only Edge. Of course, Lita, another one, we may think of her as a wrestler, but she had quite the career as a manager as well. Moving on to the second part of the Fallen Angel region. Number six, Dawn Marie, one of the dark horses in the tournament who's moved on, taking on number two, Missy Hyatt. Dawn Marie is probably best known for some of her crazy storylines involving Tori Wilson and her father, Al. And of course, Charlie Haas and his then fiance Jackie Gaeta. But before Tori moved on to World Wrestling Entertainment, she spent plenty of time in ECW. And specifically, when people think of Dawn Marie, they think of her relationship as the valet to Lance Storm. After a feud putting her with Lance Storm and referring to herself as Tammy Lynn Bitch, of course, against Tammy Lynn Sitch and Chris Candido, um, the Dawn Marie had the Impact players under her charge, which of course consisted of Lance Storm and Just Incredible, and actually led them to Tag Team Gold while in ECW. Eventually, when Lance Storm wound up leaving for WCW, she found herself managing uh, Johnny Swinger and Simon Diamond for the remainder of her time in Extreme Championship Wrestling. Another woman who found herself in Extreme Championship Wrestling is our number two seed and Dawn Marie's opponent, Missy Hyatt. Of course, Missy Hyatt is no stranger to the world of valets and the world of professional wrestling in general, where she found herself involved early on with the likes of Eddie Gilbert actually being the valet of his stable, Hot Stuff International. Matter of fact, she was such an influence on him, she eventually had Hot Stuff International renamed to Hot Stuff and Hyatt International. 
Hyatt also found herself in World Championship Wrestling helping Eddie Gilbert and offering her managerial services to Jimmy Garvin and to help against uh, his, his feud against Kevin Sullivan. Hyatt also went on to manage not only the Steiner brothers, but eventually also managed the Nasty Boys. Missy Hyatt did also find herself in Extreme Championship Wrestling where she was being wooed to join Raven and Raven's Nest. However, she turned down the offer and wound up representing the Sandman. Uh, she also found herself in a, in a deep-seated feud against the one and only Stevie Richards at that point. And unfortunately, an injury to her elbow forced, forced her to leave Extreme Championship Wrestling. Make no mistake, Missy Hyatt made her impression felt in the world of professional wrestling. That finishes the Fallen Angel region, and now we move on to the Sensational region. The first matchup in, the, in this round features number one, Sherry Martell, against number five-seeded Trish Stratus. What else is there to say about Sherry Martell? Legendary women's wrestler, holding gold in the AWA and the WWE, going on to manage the AWA Tag Team Champions, uh, Playboy Buddy Rose and Doug Summers, and also moving on to manage numerous people in the WWF as well as in WCW. Probably most well known in her WWF time as Queen Sherry to the Macho King, Randy Savage. But she also wound up managing a few other people, uh, including uh, the Honky Tonk Man, as of course, Peggy Sue. But probably her most well known after managing Ted DiBiase and moving on to WCW, she became Sister Sherry and wound up managing Harlem Heat. Now, I know we're skipping over a lot here, there, and everywhere, where she also managed Shawn Michaels uh, in the early 90s, uh, wound up uh, uh, going on to manage Marty Jannetty as part of that feud. Um, she was involved in a few other uh, memorable storylines along the way. Uh, she also found herself managing Shane Douglas in Eastern Championship Wrestling, and uh, Shane Douglas became the champion there. Uh, managed Ric Flair when uh, Hulk Hogan was first coming into WCW. I mean, come on. We're talking about Sherry Martell here. This isn't this isn't rocket science. This isn't ballerina. We're talking about probably one of the greatest of all time, both in and along and in the ring and at ringside. It's Sherry Martell. But in the same token, we have number five standing across the battle across the ring from her for this battle, Trish Stratus. And like we've covered before, Trish Stratus should be no stranger to anyone who's a fan of women's wrestling and wrestling in general. Uh, it was it was her her wrestling along with Lita that probably led to the revival of uh, women's wrestling in the world of professional wrestling and especially the WWF. Um, but Trish Stratus was not only a wrestler; she also spent some time managing when she was first brought into wrestling. Uh, most specifically, uh, her management of the team of TNA, Test and Albert. I mean, come on. This is a very underrated team. You've got two big slabs of beef. And under the, under the tutelage of, of uh, Trish Stratus, how could you go wrong? What a pairing. Subsequently, she also did spend some time while she was an active wrestler managing not only Chris Jericho, but Christian as well. Trish Stratus, no stranger to being at ringside, to being a second uh, for her charges. And of course, she sits at number five, taking on number one, Sherry Martell. Number five, Terry had spent some time in WCW, of course, as Alexandra York, the head of the York Foundation, where she found herself managing uh, people like Terry Taylor and, of course, a very heelish Richard Morton, Ricky Morton from the Rock and Roll Express. She used to walk around carrying a laptop, trying to figure out ways for her charges to win professional wrestling matches. Not a bad gimmick, especially considering this was the early 1990s. Then she moves on to World Wrestling Entertainment, 
WWF, sorry, uh, where she managed Goldust as the director Marlena. Of course, everyone knows about the successful career of Goldust, where he went on to win several Intercontinental Championships over his run there. And of course, she wound up getting tied up in a feud with the late Brian Pillman, where she wound up being Brian Pillman's charge late in that storyline. From there, she found herself in a team called PMS, Pretty Mean Sisters, with Jacqueline. And uh, I think they only managed Meat, who, of course, was Sean Stasiak. But, you know, it is what it is. And besides, the girls were actually putting forward their, their women power and, and just using Meat as a boy toy. Come on. It was the 90s in WWE. How could you go wrong with that? But, of course, we find out that Terry moves on from this point to host the Terry Invitational Tournament, Waka Waka, a best-of-five series between none other than Edge and Christian and the Hardy Boys. And she winds up managing the Hardy Boys for a little bit of time because they won the best-of-five series. And, of course, before her career ended in WWE, she spent a short amount of time managing the one and only Perry Saturn. Standing across the ring from her in this round is the number two-seeded Medusa. Once again... What else can you say about a woman who's been involved in the wrestling business for damn near 30 years at this point? She got her start in the AWA, Women the AWA Women's Championship, but also managing World Heavyweight Champion Kurt Henning at the time. And of course, goes on to join the Diamond Exchange with the one and only Diamond Dallas Page. Uh, she moved on from there, spent some more time wrestling in all Japan, and uh, found herself back, found herself in World Championship Wrestling, where she became part of the Dangerous Alliance. And there, she not only wrestled, but she was the one and only valet of Ravishing Rick Rude. Not a bad gig if you can get it, folks. Not a bad gig. From there, she wound up joining Randy Savage as part of Team Madness for a while, where she not only wrestled, but offered her valet services. And in the later years of WCW, found herself feuding with and then managing the career of Evan Courageous. That finishes the sensational region for the round of 16. Sherry Martell against Trish Stratus and number three Terry takes on number two Medusa. And now we move on to the first lady region where number one Elizabeth takes on number five seated Sable. We all remember the storyline where Elizabeth was selected as the Macho Man Randy Savage's manager in WWF after the Macho Man said that he was going to go through a process of selecting his manager. And of course, all the heel managers were vying for his services. And of course, he winds up choosing Miss Elizabeth. And the rest, as they say, is history. She winds up managing the Macho Man to the Intercontinental Championship. She's there at his side when he wins the WWF Championship. And along the way, manages to uh, pick up the services of Hulk Hogan, who would unfortunately defeat the Macho Man at WrestleMania V. And of course, she goes on during that time period to manage the successful team of Hogan and Savage as the Mega Powers. She finds herself appearing with Hogan uh, a few times during his uh, championship title defenses and also goes on to manage Dusty Rhodes and Sapphire in their matches against Sensational Sherry and the Macho King Randy Savage. She found herself back with Randy Savage in later years during his entire feud with Ric Flair in WWF, where Ric Flair continued to claim that Liz was his before he was Macho Man's. And of course, this brought, up, brought out the ire of Elizabeth. We actually see her getting uh, emotionally and physically involved in matches more often. Uh, not to take away from anything from her involvement after the WrestleMania 8 match between the Macho Man and the Ultimate Warrior, where a sensational Sherry attacked the Macho Man, Liz came out to make the save, and of course, we wind up getting the match made in heaven. 
So many great stories that Liz was involved in, but her career is not over yet because she moves on to World Championship Wrestling and she finds herself at the side once again of the Macho Man and Hulk Hogan. She also finds herself as part of the Four Horsemen's entourage, managing mostly Ric Flair, but all of the horsemen. And then she turns to the dark side and winds up managing Hogan as well as the Macho Man as part of the New World Order. And of course, in later years, she also found herself managing Lex Luger. In the second round, she faces number five seeded Sable. Now, we all know that Sable went on to become a Playboy model. She also wound up going on to, uh, to becoming a wrestler, actually winning the WWE Women's Championship on occasion. But before that, she came into WWF as a valet for Hunter Hearst Helmsley at WrestleMania 12. And of course, when Hunter wound up losing the match, he tried to blame her. And coming to her defense, the one and only wild man Mark Marrow. And the two of them had quite a relationship on and off in the WWE. This led to the two of them having a feud with Goldust and Luna Vachon before Sable wound up actually breaking out and becoming a woman's wrestler. Now, she did make appearances seconding some people, including Tori Wilson, who she had an on-again, off-again feud with. But by and large, her career as a valet skyrocketed her to an actual career in the ring at this point. The next matchup in the First Lady division sees number 3 seeded Vicky Guerrero take on number 2 seed Francine. Vicky found herself in the unfortunate situation of being involved in the feud between Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio over the parental rights of Rey Mysterio's son, Dominic. And she actually found herself on the other side of the ring uh, against her husband, supporting Rey Mysterio, because she knew that Dominic was not her son, was actually Rey's son. Yeah, I know. It was that storyline. But stick with me. It gets better. Um, unfortunately, uh, after Eddie's untimely passing, Vicky Guerrero found herself uh, managing a lot of these guys, including Rey Mysterio, Chavo Guerrero, and of course, Chris Benoit. And then she went on uh, to form a relationship with Edge. And of course, Edge goes on to win the uh, world, uh, the world uh, championship at that point. God, I almost forgot what it was called. It's been changed so many times. She had been involved in so many conniving storylines. She eventually found herself as uh, the uh, the general manager of SmackDown. But it was at this point that she formed what she called La Familia with her nephew Chavo, Eddie's nephew Chavo, sorry, uh, Edge. Of course, a very young Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder uh, joined that as well. And she managed to uh, she managed Chavo to an ECW championship win over the one and only CM Punk. She also went on to manage Edge uh, through other various storylines and eventually later in her career managed Lay Cool, who actually wound up splitting the women's championship and Dolph Ziggler. How's that for a crazy relationship, huh? And of course, that takes us to modern day, where after Vicky Guerrero spent uh, numerous years managing and also being uh, one of the uh, SmackDown general managers, moved on to AEW where she finds herself managing former women's champion Nyla Rose. Her opponent in the final matchup of the First Lady region, number two-seeded Francine. The one who ran away with the most votes in the first round, I might add. Francine got her start in ECW as a huge fan, then-girlfriend-slash-manager of the one and only Stevie Richards. Eventually, she found herself being the manager of Raven 
and um, Stevie Richards as well, but then found herself moving on to managing the Pitbulls tag team, who actually went on to defeat Raven and Stevie Richards for the ECW Tag Team Championship. And Pitbull number two also went on to defeat Shane Douglas for the ECW Television Championship. However, at one point, Francine turned her back on the Pitbulls, became the manager of Shane Douglas, who she led to not only the TV Championship, but also two times to the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. Not only that, she wound up managing the entire triple threat. Bam Bam Bigelow winning the ECW World Championship, Bam Bam winning the TV Championship, and also managing Chris Candido as part of the team as well with his tag team partner, sort of associated Lance Storm. Those two would go on to win the tag titles as well. She also found herself managing Tommy Dreamer in the later days of ECW and actually congratulated him and was part of the entourage when Tommy Dreamer defeated Taz for his first ECW World Championship. That finishes out the first lady round in the round of uh, 16. Now we move on to our final division, the original Diva division, where number one Sonny takes on number four Deborah. Sunny is one of the valets on the list where there's nothing more that really can be said about her. She's had quite an interesting, storied, and I'd say a hell of a career. She got her start in Smoky Mountain Wrestling where she managed primetime Brian Lee to the, uh, to the championship there and also managed Brian Lee and uh, Chris Candido to the tag titles as well. Shortly after, Candido and Tammy found themselves in WWF, where they became the Body Donnas, where they were more than happy to tell anyone who would listen that they were in great shape and the people listening were not. Well, it took Skip to find his tag team partner in the one and only Zip, a.k.a. Tom Pritchard, and those two went on to win tag team gold. And of course, Sonny was not satisfied with just one championship team. She moved on to manage the Smoking Guns at some point. She also managed to... Uh, uh, to move on to Farouk, Farouk Assad, a.k.a. Ron Simmons, at another point managing him. She also managed the Legion of Doom and their revamped form of Legion of Doom 2000. And as a matter of fact, they won a number one contender battle royal at WrestleMania 14 under her tutelage. She did find herself back in ECW managing Chris Candido in his feud against former tag team partner, now bitter enemy Lance Storm, and of course Dawn Marie, a.k.a. Tammy Lynn Bitch. She also wound up having a feud with uh, Shane Douglas's manager, Francine, when there was a little bit of dissension during their time together in the Triple Threat. And of course, Candido and Sonny wound up also moving on to spending time in World Championship Wrestling, where Chris Candido found himself winning the Cruiserweight Championship against Prince Iakea. And uh, there were a few other feuds that they had there, and Tammy wound up spending her t the rest of uh, her uh, major profile career in world championship wrestling but of course over the years she spent plenty of time on the independent circuit uh managing of course chris candido and so many others and of course she's also finished out the end of her career making various appearances for wwf and also being inducted into the wwe hall of fame in 2011 she takes on in the round of 16 the number four seated deborah mcmichael Deborah McMichael was a former beauty queen and also took that, that title with her when she began managing her husband, Steve Mongo McMichael, becoming the queen of WCW. As a matter of fact, when Mongo was uh, taken in as a part of the Four Horsemen, who else was there along, her, along his side but his wife, Deborah? Now, she was very conniving, cut a great promo, and a lot of people really did hate her, but she managed 
to, to not only piss a lot of people off, but uh, she made a hell of an ally outside the ring, getting involved in numerous uh, matchups, uh, not only for, but also against uh, Steve McMichael. And then at this point, she found herself in an alliance with Jeff Jarrett, who was also, of course, trying to become a Four Horsemen, but then wound up feuding with them. And then briefly, uh, before the close of WC, before she left WCW, I should say, she wound up managing Goldberg and Alex Wright uh, for a very short period of time. But then she moved on to World Wrestling Federation, where she found herself managing Jeff Jarrett once again. And Jeff Jarrett actually wound up eventually teaming with longtime friend Owen Hart. And the two of them wound up winning tag team gold together. Now, at some point, Deborah did go on to win the WWF Women's Championship in a lingerie match. I believe it was, against Sable. But make no mistake, she was still providing her services uh, to Jeff Jarrett at this time. And uh, she was always in his corner making sure he was winning championships, including another run with the Intercontinental Championship. And Jeff Jarrett, of course, won both titles and wound up giving the European Championship to Mark Henry. And of course, the last matchup in the original Diva Division and the tournament overall for the round of 16 sees number three seeded Maria Kanellis take on number two, Beulah McGillicuddy. Before Maria moved on to be a valet, she wound up becoming a, a, an, uh, a Diva Search winner early in the, in the history of the Diva Searches and actually wound up doing a lot more wrestling than managing. Uh, she spent plenty of time in feuds uh, with, with many of the other women on the roster, but at some point she wound herself being a manager to the one and only uh, Dolph Ziggler during his feud with Rey Mysterio over the Intercontinental Championship. But eventually she found herself in Ring of Honor managing her boyfriend, now husband, Mike Bennett, uh, through uh, several conquests to try to win uh, Ring of Honor gold, including the World Television Championship. It's at this point uh, during her tenure that she wound up managing not only Mike Bennett, but also all of the other members of the, uh, of the kingdom, including Matt Taven and Adam Cole. She also wound up spending time with Matt Taven and Mike Bennett uh, during their tour of New Japan, where the team captured the IWGP Tag Team Championship. Maria and Mike wound up spending some time in WWE where Maria was managing Mike, now known as Mike Kanellis, but pretty much spent more time berating him and making him feel like less of a man than actually managing him to anything uh, successful. And of course now, uh, Maria finds herself back at Ring of Honor with, uh, with her husband Mike, but also on the way there, she managed Mike uh, in his match against NWA world champion Nick Aldis. Maria is still quite active in the managing role in the world of professional wrestling. Of course, her opponent, no stranger to being a great valet, number two seated Beulah McGillicuddy. If anyone knows the, uh, the history of Extreme Championship Wrestling, it's kind of hard to tell the story of that promotion without mentioning our number two seed, Beulah McGillicuddy. She spent time as part of Raven's Nest, uh, being there with Raven and his lackey Stevie Richards, and she was known as the fat girl from summer camp whom Tommy Dreamer shunned away, and she wound, her, she wound up finding herself in the arms of Raven. Fast forward many years, and here we are in early ECW, 1995-1996, uh, and Beulah McGillicuddy's once again in the arms of Raven. But perhaps not for long. She finds herself managing Raven for quite a long time, but eventually winds up leaving uh, Raven's side and goes on to probably her most success managing 
Tommy Dreamer. And of course, very big history there between Tommy Dreamer and Raven, a feud that went on for years and years. And uh, Beulah McGillicuddy always found herself at the side of Tommy. And she also wound up getting involved in a few matches uh, as history goes on, uh, including an intergender match where her and Tommy Dreamer teamed up against Francine and Shane Douglas. And of course, a very, very brutal, bloody match where she found herself defeating a battered, beaten, and probably scarred for life Bill Alfonso, which Paul Heyman even said was one of the most brutal matches in ECW history. But of course, this was all in her in her defense, in her management, and in her, uh, her representation of the one and only Tommy Dreamer. And of course, when uh, WWE wound up taking over ECW in the mid-2000s, it was Beulah McGillicuddy who found herself there at both pay-per-views at uh, One Night Stand 2005 and 2006, where, unfortunately, she was involved in the uh, six-man match uh, pitting um, Lita... Edge and McFoley against the Sandman, Tommy Dream, uh, Terry Funk, sorry, Tommy Dreamer, and Beulah McGillicuddy. Uh, she did make uh, a few appearances here and there uh, during the rest of the years, but that was a hell of a career for the one and only Beulah McGillicuddy. And there you have it. The round of 32 continues this week with voting starting on Tuesday, March 16th. And every day we're going to cover a different region for voting. Everyday voting is approximately 12 and 2 p.m. on both Facebook and Twitter. You can vote once in each place, and it's going to take place Tuesday through Friday. Of course, Tuesday the 16th, our lineup includes uh, number one seated woman against number five Lita. Number six Dawn Marie takes on number two Missy Hyatt. On Wednesday the 17th, in the sensational region, Sherry Martell, your number one seed, takes on number five Trish Stratus. And number three Terry Runnels takes on number two Medusa. On Thursday the 18th, the First Lady region sees number one Elizabeth take on number five Sable, and number three Vicky Guerrero take on number two seated Francine. And of course, Friday, your final division, the original Divas, number one Sonny takes on number four Deborah McMichael, and number three Maria Canellis takes on number two Beulah McGillicuddy. Hope you guys are having a good time enjoying this. I'm enjoying doing the research and bringing this to you guys. I want to see some. Uh, I want to see some huge numbers voting this week. Get out there, tell your friends. All the voting again for the round of 16 is two days. Make sure you get everybody on it. Join the discussions on the Discord. Go to Twitter. Click on the link. Join us there. Even if you want to discuss it on Twitter, even if you want to discuss it on Facebook, I'm happy to give my two cents. I'm, I'm encouraging you because I want to hear what everybody's take is on all these matchups. And I hope you guys are enjoying it. That's it for me. We'll join you next week with all the results of the round of 16. We're going on to the Elite Eight at that point. We'll have all the matchups, more insight for you, and we'll see you guys next week. Don't forget to tune in this week. Of course, we got the Monday show. We've got the Wednesday Dynamite recap. we got tons of stuff going on. It's great to be a fan of the Wizards, and it's great having you guys be a part of it. We'll see you guys next week.